Um, no, so all week long, if you've been here Monday, Tuesday, today, this week, the Lord has really given us a direction toward breaking the back of fear. And if you recall on Monday's broadcast, we said that by the time the week came to a close, the power of fear that has tried to grip God's people would be broken off of our lives. So Monday, we talked about fear as a whole. Yesterday, we talked about the fear of man and why that is just completely demonic to think that we don't like people or that man is the enemy. Man is who Jesus gave his life for. Man, the, the fear of man is a trap. It says in Proverbs that the fear of man is a snare designed to entangle us and cause us to fall. But that serving the Lord is our pathway to freedom. So fear is just nothing more than a lie, a deception, and a trap to keep us bound, keep us small, and keep us limited. So today what we're talking about is something that I personally, in this ministry, I have watched what we are about to minister on. I've watched it tank so many people that have been assigned to Boomerang. Not just people walking through the doors, but anointed, skilled, gifted men and women of God. People yeah. who have great calls of God on their life. They served him, loved God, but they got to this moment and in the moment because they had not properly dealt with fear and ripped it up by the root, they weren't properly submitted instead of submitting to God. I've watched time after time people yield to this fear and it's completely derailed them yeah. at the at the best it has delayed their destiny at the worst i've literally watched this fear cause people to leave the earth early and never fulfill what god's called them to fulfill so today's broadcast though starting very interestingly <laughs> today's broadcast is one of those that if we'll allow god to expose it for what it is and equip us with the faith to walk through it you won't be those people you'll face this but you'll face it with joy you'll face it with strength you'll face yeah. it with confidence and you won't be the people who get plucked off by the enemy you'll be the people who are able to do what Jesus did look in the face of the accuser and the liar and say it is written and not be not be delayed in yeah. what God's called us to do. So we're going to hop into this today. And what we're talking about is the fear of being all in for God. Yeah. You know, the title of today's broadcast, Scared to Say Yes to Your Calling on the thumbnail. It has FOMO on there, the fear of missing out. All of these things are intertwined together because there's a moment where we say yes to making Jesus our Savior and oftentimes for many people, it's an entirely different moment when we recognize what that, what God is wanting to have happen. Not just Savior. He wants us to make Jesus Lord. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when that moment of realization comes, it's because God has placed us at a decision point of, are you going to serve me yeah. with your whole heart? 
Yes, he came to save us, but there is also a commitment from us that God is desiring to see. He's desiring for us to choose him back and say, Lord, you call the shots. I'll be obedient. I will serve you all the days of my life and I will count the cost. I've counted it and my life is worthy You're worthy of having my whole life. You're worthy of having my yes. You're worthy of me choosing you over anything else I've known and anything else I've ever tasted. You're worthy of it. And so for a lot of people, those moments are different. They don't have to be, but a lot of times they're different moments. And when, I I mean, I was talking to the team about it. I've known people who have been so skilled and so anointed, big callings of God, honestly, far more skilled than I have been. And they do these, like they just flow and stuff so easily and have such a grace on them. And yet in this ministry, I have been here and it's not me here. I'm not boasting on myself, but at this point in time, I've been here 10 years, not the most skilled, not the most anointed, And all those people that I've watched come in and out, they haven't been able to stand. What's Mm -hmm. the difference? It's dealing with the root fear of being all in, Mm -hmm. killing it, ripping it up from the root and tossing it aside. Yeah. Well, honestly, as you were talking, the verse that came up to me is Matthew 16, 25. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Mm -hmm. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. And everything in the kingdom operates Mm -hmm. as a seed. The the kingdom operates that way. So when we give our lives as a seed, that's actually when God's able to take it and he's able to then bless it and it becomes a harvest off of then he can give us something, but we have to sow. Like yeah. God has to have us sowing. So he has something to work with. He yeah. works with our seeds. So even our lives, if we do not sow our lives to God into the kingdom, he can't use us. He can't give us a harvest off of it. That's why, I mean, this verse is very clear. Yeah. Very. It says, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. If you hold on to it, you're going to lose it. Yeah. So it, it's definitely for our benefit. God's so good. Everything that he asks us to do, um, it, everything that we sow, it's for our benefit to receive a harvest. Well, and you look in the word and there are so many examples of men and women of God that God has called. You know, we've said it multiple times this week already, but every person created on this earth is created with a purpose, created with a destiny. No matter what we've seen and faced in life, God created each man, each woman with a destiny unique to them. No one's destiny is the same as someone else's. God carves out a unique pathway for every specific person. And yet you see in the word, as we're going through it, we see example after example, Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the rich young ruler. And we're going to look at some of these, but these men of God who had huge destinies up ahead of them. And yet when faced by God with an opportunity to step in, to begin the work that God had for them, to begin stepping into the destiny that God had for them, they all shrunk back. Yeah. Their immediate fleshly reaction was, I can't do that. 
that's that's too much for me yeah I, I'm not able to do that you know Jeremiah, the Lord gives him this prophecy of, okay, here's what you're going to be. You're going to be a prophet to the nations and your voice is going to be used for this and this. And Jeremiah's first reaction is, I can't do that. I'm just a youth. Yeah. You know, Isaiah, when he's faced with the angels and he's like, I'm not even worthy to be here. I'm a man of unclean lips. I, I, I can't do this. And then the angel comes and touches his mouth. To purify the speech that came out of him. Zechariah, when receiving the prophecy that Elizabeth was going to give birth to John the Baptist, scoffed and was like, how's that going to happen? You know, Moses, when faced with the burning bush and told of all that he was supposed to accomplish, he's like, I can't do that. I, I, not me. I'm a stutterer. I can't do this. Yeah. The rich young ruler so desired, so desired to, to be a follower of Jesus. And yet when faced with the opportunity to do so, shrunk back. The flesh's reaction, <coughs> the flesh's reaction is never going to be gung-ho for Jesus. The flesh has fear inside of it. So it's a matter of crucifying the flesh. Yeah. Amen. Well, it, it really is. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity just to kind of talk to you for a second about hearing. You, you've had the unique opportunity of being at one church for, what is it now, 10 years? Mm -hmm. For 10 years. Um, a lot of times when people are at one church for many years, it's kind of, you know, because they maybe they want the... Um, the plot of land to be buried in or, you know, things like that. It's not always for the best reason. So you see two extremes where people are at churches for very long because it's the churches their family always went to, or you see people who they just hop around churches like every two years, they train, they change churches or whatever. But I do think it's very important to recognize you have watched this. And I think we've all kind of seen this to a degree, but you, especially Deb, I believe Deb is still on. Yeah. Deb's here a, lo a year longer than a me. year longer than you. Both of you have watched this take people out, not of places yeah. that were, were not anointed out of boomerang specifically a, yeah. a, a very anointed place, a place where we have, we are so blessed to have the pastors that we have. We could not have better pastors for yeah. us. And yet this has taken people out and people who are out of God's will. They're not doing well. They don't look to be doing well. They're not producing fruit. They don't have peace. They don't have joy. They're in the world, different things like that because of this fear. So this yeah. isn't a small thing. This is a big deal. And yeah. um, we should we should learn from these patterns and things, not be ignorant of these no. things. It's something that I don't know a person who hasn't faced this temptation to shrink back. You know, Pastor has a story of, he, I mean, he realized when he was a young boy that he was called to preach the gospel. And he, like, he didn't stop he didn't backslide and like, I hate Jesus, but he wasn't actively living for him for a period of time. Like he wasn't yeah. hungry for him. And then when he returned to hunger and returned back to that place of fellowship, the call was right there for him again. And the more he pursued God, the more God's destiny for him became alive. And it was in front of him because 
the promises of God are a part of who he is. So the more we're in fellowship with him, the more real God's calling becomes to us. And truth be told, pastor said this himself, it started to scare it. Like it, it intimidated him. It caused him to have to deal with fear, fear of missing it. You know, there was that fear of Lord, I'm not good enough to be in the platform. Like I, I, what happens if I make a mistake? What happens if I hurt people? Like I'm, I'm not perfect God. And God told him if I could only use perfect people who would preach, if I could only use the perfect there would, if God could only use the perfect, there's no one on earth that he'd be able to utilize. We're all growing into the fullness of Christ, but God uses the imperfect and he gets glory as we yield to him because man can't do what God can do. But even pastor Brian has had to walk through this and it almost took him out of ministry. You know, this is a, a fear that has almost taken me out before and honestly has delayed the things of God that I'm called to do because I was scared of it. And look, every person watching this broadcast, you have a gifting and a calling of God on your life. The enemy would like nothing more than to tempt us to fear out of it. Whether it's the fear of I can't do it or it's the fear of I don't want to have to deal with people's reactions when I say yes to that fear or yes to the call of God Mm -hmm. or I don't want to have to give up this part of myself. Whatever, whatever symptom the fear is trying to present itself to be, the root is all going back to the same thing. I'm scared of being who God's called me to be. What's it going to mean? I'm scared of the unknown. I'm scared and I haven't dealt with it. And if we don't deal with it, it'll take us out. So for example, Mark 10 with the rich young ruler. In this example, you know, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? In Mark 6 or in Mark 10 verses 17. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, commit adultery, steal, bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your mother and father. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. And then verse 21, looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. So specifically, Jesus isn't just talking to someone. He felt a love for him. And he said, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. You and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. Mm. Those words, come follow me, those are the words that Jesus extended to the disciples Mm -hmm. when he called them to become his disciples. Many believe that this rich young ruler was given the opportunity to step in and be Jesus' disciple, which would have set him up to be an apostle, just like the other disciples were Mm -hmm. after Jesus left. So he's not only just giving him an invitation to come hear Jesus minister, to come meet him and be with him. He's giving him the opportunity. He's positioning him and opening the door to inherit the anointing to inherit the promises, fellowship, carrying the power of God, seeing the sick, you know, healed in front of doing all the things that they did. He's giving him an opportunity. He was called by Jesus himself. 
go do this. Yeah. Be all in with me. You've already proven that you will serve me. You've made you've you've made my laws your laws. Now here's this one thing that I'm asking of you. Do this and come to me. And it said at these words the rich young ruler was saddened and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. Literally, the fear of what would it look like if I sold everything plucked him out of his destiny. Yeah. It entirely derailed it. It stole it away from him Funny. because he had done great things. <clears throat> he had kept the law, but because his heart wasn't fully given when God asked him for his full heart yeah. to give up the thing that really had it, yeah. be, which is evident because if you can't give up something in two seconds, that thing has you, you don't have it because he couldn't give it up. Yeah. He couldn't then receive the fullness that Jesus had for him. He got capped right there and that's the greatest that he became. Yeah. He couldn't, he could not, until he did what Jesus told him to do, he could not become greater. Yeah. Well, and this was like one thing that money and and all these things represents is safety. Mm -hmm. Money is something that on this earth, we have to have it. Yeah. Like we have to have money to be able to buy food, to have a home, to have all these things. We have to have money to provide for our families. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not necessarily like he was like, give up your sin. He was just saying, give up your, your, give up all that you possess. Give yeah. up your, you know, he, he owned much property and everything. So Jesus was asking him, give up what is safe, yeah. what's comfortable to you. Yep. And for many, for many of us, um, I, I think that's kind of where we've been on different things where God's like, you have to, you have to get to a place where, uh, where it's not necessarily comfortable. You have to trust God. You yeah. have to have faith. This is this is a moment where he needed to have faith. Yeah. And and we know in the full context of the word that if we seek his kingdom, all these things will be added. Yeah. So he wouldn't have gone without. He would no. have had he would have had more than enough. He would have had the money. He would have had the property. Yeah. But he it has to come through Jesus, it has to come through God, not on our uh, by ourselves. So yeah. how many times have we been tempted to Go take a job that God's not telling us to go take because it offers safety and yeah. security or, you know, spend more time in your work rather than at the church or, you know, and, and for everybody's calling is different. I'm not, I'm not saying having a job instead of working in church is bad. Yeah. It, it's perfect for many people. They need to have a secular job. But but is that the source? Yeah. If God said give up this job because you're supposed to have another job or do something else, would we be willing to do that? Yeah. And, you know, that that does go into our calling, our, our work. God has work for all of us to do. For some of us, though, our calling is to work like like Joni at, at the Eagle Creek and different things. That is her calling yeah. right now. And for many of us, though, we have to be willing to to give up what feels safe. And, yeah. uh, you know, some people may actually rather work at the church than have a secular job. Whatever that is, though, yeah. this is, he had to give up what was safe to him yeah. in his flesh. It's a lot, it's, we've talked about it so many times, but it's removing any other option. Not having a safety net, not having a backup plan. God is my plan. Serving God is my plan. And that fear, that's, that's huge. That's a huge 
point. And really what a lot of this boils down to is safety, comfort, what's been familiar. Familiar, yeah. Like, it, it's, it, that's what so much of this boils down to because let's take the physical aspect out of it. Yeah. What happens if in serving God, God says, okay, you've been a person who has been feisty and you have been... Uh, I'll describe myself. You've been someone who has liked to protect yourself and you've kept people at arm's length and you've used humor to cut people down. And instead of doing any of that, you need to let people take more priority than you. You need to be willing to lay yourself on the altar for them. You need to be willing to love them even yeah. when it feels uncomfortable. You need to be willing to pull yourself back. You need to be willing to change your personality. That doesn't feel safe to the flesh. No. And the flesh is like, I am who I am. You can't change me. The word says that we're to be all things to all people. So when we get into the word and we get into God, see, pastor just ministered on it a few weeks ago about the honeymoon phase of believing in God. Mm -hmm. There's a phase where it feels so exciting because it is exciting. Mm -hmm. And then stuff starts getting real. And around boomerang, that happens very quickly because we're not satisfied with yeah. surface level stuff. So very quickly, God will present to us opportunity to say yes to him. Opportunity where he says, I want you to come with me. I want you to be in fellowship with me. But this has been holding you back. See, that's what Jesus is doing with this rich young ruler. His possessions, his things, it was holding him back. It, it wasn't adding to his life. It was holding him back. God's not going to ask us for stuff that's going to increase us. He's not asking us to give him things that are upholding us. He's asking us for the things that are limiting us. So that way, when we give them to him and we lay them down, he can bring the better to us. Yeah. He doesn't want us limited. He wants us to increase yeah. and live in abundance and live in prosperity. That's what his desire but if I'm holding on to something that's limiting me, he can't get the better thing into my hand. Yeah. So when he asks us, change this about yourself. This, that's not you. You're not rough. You're gentle. I need you to be more gentle here. The part of the flesh that's been allowed to be the loudest, it's going to have some feelings on it. Yeah. But who's Lord? Or the opposite. Like, yeah. Like for me, honestly... I never thought that I would be sitting here in front of a camera speaking to people in this capacity. I didn't want this. Like, years ago, mm -hmm. I, you know, when I was, like, getting older and starting to actually truly give my life to the Lord and, and, and pray over my future and everything, this is not what Marky's flesh wanted. No. Not at all. I wanted to be in the back. I wanted to be hidden. I wanted to be... Uh, behind the camera, not in front of a camera. I didn't think that I could do this. I didn't want to do this. I was very nervous all the time. I was very scared all the time. Of I did not feel like adequate, all these things. So I had to legitimately give my shyness to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like I had, I, it was an obstacle mm -hmm. that I had to give him. And I had to say, God, if you want me to be a minister, that means to some capacity, opening up my mouth and speaking to yeah. humans, <laughs> like whether it's in front of a camera or just someone in public. 
to some capacity, I knew my flesh was trying to be shy and I knew it was an obstacle. And I could either hold on to that shyness as my identity or I could give it to God. And glory to God, he helped me to, to give yeah. that to him. And over time, it was just one step at a time. It was God wasn't like, bam, you are now Reinhardt Bunky. <laughs> you are now speaking to a million people. It wasn't like that at all. It was, yeah. it was God's very gentle with us. Yeah. And honestly, I'm sure in this moment with this, you know, it says right here, Jesus felt a love for him. He was gent. I'm sure he was gentle with him. He loved him. There was, there was, honestly, though there may not have been comfort to the flesh in giving away all that he owned, there was comfort in Jesus mm -hmm. in this moment. It was available. He was there. And very often, we have a choice to make comfort of the familiar. You mentioned familiar. Comfort of the familiar or the comfort of Jesus. And that's a decision point that we have to make with, with many things mm -hmm. over time. We've not arrived. We're not at a certain point. Like even, even this week, one thing I was thinking of, it's so important to recognize as we go through our life, we are we are going to be growing and developing in things over like it's it's not like bam we're perfect mm -hmm. bam I'm perfect I don't need to work on anything yeah we're going to have this is a process like over time where we're gonna have to keep as we grow keep giving God yeah. things keep walking in faith but we ha as he brings stuff up it's not like oh my gosh I'm the worst I have to bring God I have to give up something right now mm -mm. no that's just a part of life part of we have to give things to him, continually choose to find comfort in Jesus when he yeah. asks us for something. And it, like, let's say someone gives us a million dollars. We're going to have to find comfort in Jesus if he says, I want you to um, now give it away. Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if someone gives you a million dollars and Jesus says, that's not yours. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That that could happen in in a few years, and you may think that you're per, you're gonna, you're just going to get to a point where everything you don't even need faith. No, we're going to always need to be making this decision yeah. throughout our life, over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, and one, it's no all all of this. How to dispel fear? Get in God. Mm -hmm. So in Him, we live and move and find our being, and as we step into him more and more, we begin to learn his character and nature more and more and more. Yeah. His character and nature is that God is always leading us to triumph in yeah. Christ. He is, you know, as we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all things are being added unto us. God is so faithful to increase us. That's his character and nature. And it's important for us to see the world that we're coming from. We were born into a corrupted world that has taught us corrupted things. And we've gotten the world on us. Mm -hmm. it, now it's God's responsibility that he's taken on himself to clean us from all of that garbage. And he knows us better than we know ourselves.
So if God is always leading me to triumph and God created me, he designed me from all the hairs on my head down to how I think and respond to things. He knows like what triggers me and what brings me joy. He knows all that stuff. If he knows me better than I know me, then when God's asking me for something and he's only leading me to triumph, it would be foolish of me to believe that God's asking me for something so that I would then be in sorrow, so that I would then be in pain. That's not my God. You know, William told the story on Monday about going and facing the fear he had of roller coasters and how he did it. And then he went back to back on the same roller coaster ride because he enjoyed it so much. God knew that. And he looked at William and he saw this is a thing that's keeping my son not only from becoming who I'm calling him to be, but it's limiting his experience of joy on this earth. It's limiting who he's called to be. And, you know, Abby's been meditating on that point since Monday. And it's true. The fear only limits our ability to step into the fullness of joy. So when we're facing something that seems fearful, it's not just an assault on us personally. It's an assault on us flowing in supernatural joy. It's an assault on us becoming who we're called to be. So even, and hear this, you know, I was talking to someone recently and about something that God is calling them to do or they believe that God is leading them toward and they're willing to do the thing. They're willing to be who God's called them to be, but doing an intermediary step, like before this can happen, this has to take place. And this seemed big and uncomfortable. That's just a fear to keep them from ever getting here. That's all this is. This they're two thumbs up toward. But if God, if the enemy can keep us held at this point, I know, I'll bear it. I know you're willing to go preach to the nations, but before you can do that, I actually need you to be willing to crucify yourself in this area first. Well, God, that doesn't seem like it bears any sort of um, <laughs> need for me to do that at all. He needs us to say yes to him continually. Every yes is huge. Every yes is important. Every yes. You know, like I want to do great and mighty things for God. I have a desire to see the power of God flow through me for his glory. I want to be used by him. I want to be someone that God can trust with himself. And yet... When God has given me moments where he's told me that he wants to entrust things to me, it's felt too overwhelming. It's like, well, I want to, God, but what if I mess it up? What if, like, I, I'm, com- I'm very comfortable at this level of flowing that I'm at right now. What's more going to look like? Yeah. What happens if I screw it up? What happens if I'm, I, I get deeper with you and I mess it up too big and I can't come back from it? All of that's looking here. Mm -hmm. Every bit of fear, it's because I'm looking here. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm looking at him. We talked about this Monday. It's because I'm looking at myself. And that's what has kept us from being all in with God is because we've wondered what's going to happen to me if I become all in. What's my life going to look like? What am I not going to have? 
What can I not do? Yeah. What's going to feel uncomfortable to me? Am I going to lose relationships? Are they going to be upset with me? Are, am I going to X, Y, Z? It's looking at self and looking at man. Two things we've already addressed this week. So if we'll truly let the fear of man get nipped and let our eyes get off of ourselves and on him, then the fear of the call of God erases too. Yeah. Because it stops being about us being able to do it. Yeah. It really, if we had, if we had a revelation of God as our provider in every way, we wouldn't be afraid of anything Mm -mm. like that. That's really what a lot of this boils down to is if I give God like the, the, like the rich young ruler, if, if I give God everything, is he going to take care of me? Right. And for some reason, our logical brain has been saying no. Right. (laughs) Like we've been lied to. We've been duped by our flesh, by our brain, by the enemy. The enemy, deception, this world keeps saying, like, let's just be honest. I'm just going to address it. There keeps being this thought that God is not going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. If I give this to God, if I say yes, God's not going to fulfill his promise. He's not going to do it. Yep. How many times has really that been the issue? And it's a lot. Yeah. That's really the issue. That's a lie. Yeah. God's not going to come through. Yeah. Or, you know, my failure is too, is bigger than his ability to come through. For sure. That is also wrong. And even that, that's putting God down. Like God, like I'm more, I'm more powerful than God. I'm more, my failure is more powerful than God. Yeah. That it's not. But we, I don't think we've really had a revelation of God as our provider, mm-hmm. God's love, like God as as someone who the rich young ruler who he he would take care of him, he yeah. would provide for him. Yeah. Well, and it, the, I want to be very wise if I if I'm checking something before I say it. Every. Every yes to God matters in eternity. Every single one. So a lot of times, what you're like spot on could not have, like I can't think of how it could have been said better. That was phenomenal. And it's so accurate because we have, trusting God is so vital and trusting God in the little and in the big, not just for the big things. If we don't, if we won't trust God with the little, then when the big gets presented to us, we'll shrink back from it. Yeah. Because we know we'll, we'll talk ourselves out of it because we know I, there should be a foundation for this moment. And I've actually been saying no to God. Mm -hmm. And so when in his mercy, he still brings the moment to us, we know in our condemnation thinking, I'm not worthy of this. I haven't been saying yes to him. That's yeah. why the more we say yes to God, the higher our faith can be. So when we stand in the presence of God and he speaks to us, we don't shrink back from him. We know I have a right to be here. I have a right to be hearing this from you because I have chosen to partner with you. I maybe haven't gotten it all right, but you know, my heart is pure toward you and I want to say yes to you. So 
It's, it's something that came up in impact last night. The more pure our heart is toward God, the less we're going to shrink back when we're in his presence. So if I'm willing to say yes to the things that seem seemingly small, then when I'm standing in his presence and he's yeah. calling me and he's equipping me and he's teaching me and he's leading me and he's guiding me, I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm going to be all in and say, absolutely, let's go do this thing. Because I've learned the more I entrust my life to God, he has proven himself faithful. God will only prove himself faithful. That's all he can do because he is a faithful God. It is literally who he is. He can't not be faithful. It's his character and his nature. He is a faithful God. Yeah. So like I'm the story I was thinking of is uh, there was someone I knew at one, at one point in time and the Lord for years had been leading them to deal with pride and deal with fear. Deal with in, deal with pride and insecurity. Really were like some of the two major things. And They'd worked on it some and then gotten lax on it and then worked on it some and then gotten lax on it and really just allowed themselves to coast, focused on other things and allowed that to just kind of stay within them. So they got to this moment where, and look, I don't know anyone who hasn't done that, where it's, I'll work on this really diligently, but then I'll just kind of forget about it for a while. I, I think everyone has done that. Yeah. The danger is, is that if God's saying, work on this, discipline yourself to this, and we get lazy with it, there's going to be a moment where it's tested in us. Not that God tests us, but he allows for those moments to show us where we're at. So this person got up to this moment where that character trait needed to be strong. They needed to be humble. They needed to know who they were in Christ. They needed to know the word on some of this stuff. And the voice they'd been listening to for years, basically their entire life, that voice was louder in that moment. And where they needed to have humility, have that word be real in them, be all in with the Lord and say, even though this feels uncomfortable, I need to choose humility, even though my flesh is freaking out. They chose their flesh and it blew up their life, blew it up like nowhere near what it should be. Because they were willing to listen to something other than God's voice. Because in all of the preparatory time leading up to that moment, they'd made it an option for which way they get to go. You know, it's like yesterday, there was a, a moment in the office where George, George and I, my husband and I are learning to work together. Um, we've never worked like this together. And so there's new aspects of it, stuff where we're, we're figuring it out. And we had a moment yesterday where both of us could have reacted differently, figuring out what those logistics are. And truth be told, like my flesh was so irritated that the moment even happened because it didn't happen privately. No, no, it happened in front of everybody and everybody got to be there for it. Super. My flesh tried to default back to what it was 10 years ago. Like my flesh literally yesterday, my MO used to be peacing out and running. See you later, guys. Like I'm out the door. Like that used to be what I did. And I like the temptation, I didn't do it. I didn't listen to it, but it came up to be like, 
deuces guys figure <laughs> out impact tomorrow and figure out the broadcast today i'm out like i'm not going to be here for it like that that temptation came but because I've given myself to be all in for God, when the temptation came, instead of yielding to it and listening to it and folding to a pressure and a fear of what are others going to think about me? What are others going to say about X, Y, Z in our marriage? Instead of doing that, I reached out to them and I drew the attention to it and I repented for allowing any part of that weird moment to exist. And instead of yielding to fear, I yielded to God. And God says humility leads to grace and greater grace. So instead of fear being what moved me, humility was what I chose to put on instead, even though my flesh was having a real special time with it. My flesh doesn't get to have a voice in my life. Yeah. And put that in the comments. My flesh does not get to have a voice in my life. It may speak, but I don't have to listen to it. My flesh may be kicking and screaming the whole way. I say yes to God, but I'm going to drag that flesh with me. It's going to submit to the things of God. And yeah. that's what being all in means. Forcing myself to do what God says to do. Yeah. Committing my works that my thoughts would be established. Who cares that my flesh had thoughts? My flesh doesn't move me. Yeah. God moves me. Yeah. My flesh doesn't move me. God moves me. I won't be the rich young ruler that when Jesus comes and speaks to him and says, come, follow me. My flesh's voice is like, but I don't want to give up my stuff, Jesus. I like all of my things. No, bump it. Burn that stuff to the ground. Let it die. I want Jesus more. What are we hungrier for? The drama, the comfort, the familiarity, the, the recognition by man, or Jesus? What do we want? Yeah. And when that starts being real, ev like Abby said, it, I think last week, everything else truly becomes so much easier because there's only one way to go. Yeah. Like, I don't have a fork in the road moment. I only have one direction I can go in. And it's the direction of God. So if that means I'm going to walk in the direction of God and my flesh is going to feel uncomfortable for a second, bump it. My flesh can be uncomfortable. My spirit man's in control of me. Yeah. What is the statement that the Lord told pastor years ago? He's looking for... People who will do the right thing for long periods of time. That's the calling. Yeah. The calling is not just the spectacular things. Mm -mm. The calling is consistency. And consistency will get you to the spectacular. Yes. But without consistency, you can't be entrusted to hold it. Yeah. Like every person, like we said, is has a spectacular destiny up ahead of them. Yeah. It's custom, tailor fit to them. Yeah. Like, it's not just some suit you throw on from JCPenney. This is like a tailored suit to fit you specifically. It's going to fit you like a glove. Yes. It's made for us. But in this, right now, like, the calling is not just later on. The no. calling is right 
now. Yes. That, that's one thing pastors have talked to me about before where I would get, I would get uh, like pulled in different directions and I would not see that my calling is today mm-hmm. doing what God has called me to do today. My yeah. calling is to be at Boomerang. My calling is to, to come into work. And I started honestly started laughing when you were talking because I had a very similar like flesh moment this week. I had this like it was so similar. Because our fleshes are similar. It is, uh, my, my, flesh is, has, uh, my flesh has also had that reaction of like, if I've gotten challenged, like it's like, I'm going to run. <laughs> like, I'm, like deuces. Like, I'm out. Like, I, this, I had a similar um, temptation come up of like, I don't even want to go into work. I don't even want. I'm more, it's boomerang. Like, can you work at a greater place? Like, yeah. I mean, may I, for 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 me, this for is, you. For me, yeah. this is where I'm called to work. Yeah. Like, wherever you work, that is the greatest place you can work. Where God has called you to be. Yeah. This is where I'm called to work. This is wonderful. And yet, I had the temptation this yeah. week, like this week, come up of like, I don't want to go in. I don't want to. Yeah. I do not want to. <laughs> That's my flesh. That was not me. That was my flesh. But sometimes the calling is just go to work. Do what you're called to do. Yeah. Because, and honestly, if we're being really honest, if I'm not valuing the calling, right? Like, like if I have a temptation come up, uh, it doesn't matter. This is really good. It's not important. If I say, if my flesh does not value my calling right now, my, that is an attack against all of you guys that is the enemy saying you guys are not important and if you don't value it now we won't learn to value it if we get there we won't know how to value it either god is not going to increase me if i don't value what he's put in my hands right now what he's put in my hands right now is to be on staff to work with you guys to have this broadcast if I'm not consistent in this, I'm I'm part of a team. You I'm are. a part of a body. You're a vital part I'm, of the team. I don't team. mean it like that. You matter. <laughs> I don't you you carry that. so much weight, no matter what George says. Yes, no matter what you George matter. Says. I'm called <laughs> I'm called to work with George. You have a great supply. Yeah. <laughs> I, George is making fun of me earlier. <laughs> That's what that is, just so you know. Yeah, not um, me. I love Marky. <laughs> But wherever <laughs> wherever you are called right now, wherever you are right now, if God has led you to it, that's your calling yeah. now. And if we're not faithful where God is telling what he's telling us to do now, he will never give us more. He that's can't. the word. He will not increase us if we're not faithful now. That's literally the parable of the talents. You know, immediately he gave to one, he gave five talents, another two, another one, each according to his own ability. So again, God's not going to ask us to handle things beyond what we're able to handle with him. That goes to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God's only going to ask us to do things that with him we're capable to do. So any conversation we need to have, any bit of crucifying the flesh we need to do, any action we need to take, we are capable of handling it with Jesus. He will not ask us to do something beyond us. He won't. He is so faithful. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a sidebar. So immediately he gave five. He gave one, two, and another one. So the one who had five, it says immediately, the one with five talents uh, went and traded with them and got five more. 
chose to be faithful with what's in his hands, increased it. The one who had two uh, gained two more. But he who received one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. He delayed it. He was fearful of his master. He was fearful of what if I fail? What if I mess up? The other two chose to be bold and they went out and they took those talents and they were faithful with them. So when the master came back and he saw the one with five talents had multiplied it, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. See again how dispelling fear leads to joy. As he put the fear down, he got to receive joy. Yeah. Same thing with the, with the slave who had the two talents. Well done, enter into the joy. But to the one who yielded in fear and buried the talent, he said, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have at least put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more shall be given. He will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. So it reminds me of Pastor Brian. He said before that what he's doing, and look, we're about to go on national television. Pastor preaches to the nations. We're planting multiple campuses. We're in a position where Boomerang Church International Incorporated is about to explode for the glory of God. And Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole get to be at the helm of the ministry, leading the charge, breaking ground, paving the way, doing things that young ministers dream of doing things that pastors both have dreamt of doing things that we've prayed and have believed for it we're getting to watch it happen now and yet I remember pastor years ago the Lord told him you weren't the first person I called to this yeah you weren't the first person I called to do this you were just the one that said yes to me see God had called other people he had placed the talents in those people's hands And they chose to bury them. And because they chose to bury the talents, even though likely the giftings were probably there, the calling was there, in fear of some sort, they chose to say no to God. It was the one who will say yes that God can then entrust with the sweet things of the kingdom. It's the person that will say yes no matter the cost. The person who will say yes no matter what it looks like, feels like, sounds like. The person who will do the seemingly crazy. The person who will be hungry when no one else is. That person, God can fill their hands to an overflow. That person can be entrusted with the mysteries of God. Can be entrusted with revelation and power and the anointing and they're the ones that can speak and watch as their words perform it's the people that will say yes in the face of fear and allow god to empower them to break it those will be the ones that god can use and that can be us if we'll get real with this subject and say you know what there have been areas where i've basically just been messing around 
I, I've heard your directive on this. I've delayed it because I've been scared to do it. I have not done this because I've been nervous about it or it's felt uncomfortable or I haven't wanted to pay that price with my flesh. Yeah. Jesus paid every price for us to live in easy and light. So even on the things that the flesh would try to scream about, there's an avenue in Jesus where it's easy. Yeah. There is no price that we have to pay. Jesus paid every price. He paid that price that we can choose him, put on the yoke of easy, put on the burden that's light, get in him and the things that to other men and women look hard to us, it'll be easy. There'll be a grace for it. When we need to have conversations that seem difficult, like the one I described yesterday with the staff, there's a grace for it where it can be easy and light. There's a grace to do what looks hard to others. We are anointed to do things that look difficult. We're anointed to do them. They can be easy. They can be light. It matters which voice we're listening to. The spirit that's saying these things and bringing to our remembrance that in him it's easy and light. If we'll just be obedient he'll bring us the anointing he'll bring us the grace and we can turn deserts into the oasis or do we listen to the flesh that looks at temporary things on this earth and whine it really just matters which voice we're going to listen to and the longer we listen to the corrupted flesh the longer it's going to be for us to become who God's called us to be if we ever get there So that fear of comfort and familiarity and all that garbage, Mm -hmm. it's time to deal with it Yeah, and just choose to be all in. Yeah. And look, even the most all in person can find ways to be more all in. Yeah. So I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to anyone who would listen. We're here ministering for the world to hear this and realize we can trust God. We can trust him with all of ourselves, all of our hearts, minds, will, emotions. He's got us covered. Yeah. And well, I've kind of touched on it multiple times, but one last thing that was coming up to me is honestly, the some people might be in a place where it, it kind of you kind of feel like you're testing out being in your calling like I'm kind of I'm gonna try this I'm gonna try to be at the church that I'm supposed to be at I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try and I'm gonna get my feet wet and that's good but the enemy if we're not like really stable and firm then the the wind and the waves come up and they can knock us over Mm -hmm. and we can kind of be planted but kind of shallow planted Where we're here, we're, we're, if it's your job, if it's whatever it is, you're there, but you're not fully submitted and not fully in it. Yeah. And that can be from fear. I'm kind of teeter-tottering. Um, and I know for for all of us, we have to be stable. Yeah. We have, wherever God has called us to be, it has to, there has to... We can't have the fear of going all in and being stable. We have to know... I am not going to leave my job unless the Lord leads me. It 100%. is not an option. I'm not going to uh, to put down. I'm not going to drop joy 
because it's not an option. Yeah. I'm not going to let there be a lack of peace in my home. It's not an option. Mm-mm. There are so many things that are really basic, like really basic that we haven't done very well. Like like having a culture in our home of peace mm-hmm. and and rest. How much unrest have we allowed in yeah. our minds and in our homes? Yeah. These are things that without dealing with how are we going to get to raising the dead if we our home is filled with anxiety yeah like what about pastor says our first ministry is ourselves yeah like we should not deceive ourselves into thinking we have arrived and we have everything worked out and we're perfect and we can just i don't know why i'm not just like floating like i'm doing so great (laughs) like that's not no like we we have to work on character be consistent and for some of us that may be what god's calling us to today is be immovable no matter what comes up, I'm not leaving my place. I am not leaving my faithfulness yeah. and, and the esteem of this place. You know, some, for some of us, we've been at maybe our church for a while, and they can start to, we can start to get familiar. Of, ah, this isn't that exciting anymore. It used to be really exciting, but like I'm getting kind of like bored. Yeah. <laughs> like that's an attack. That yeah. is not, that's not something small. That's a big deal. We have to esteem our calling where God has us. Yeah. And um, that there can be that fear of, well, if I don't like it though, I kind of want to run. No. <laughs> Who cares what you like? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Sittler. <laughs> she started laughing. I, I, like, that's the flesh. Yeah. That's living by the flesh. We should not be trying things out. We're not trying our no. church out. We're not trying our job out. God knows what we like better than we do. He, do- he knows what we like better than we do. He knows us better. See, we think that we know ourselves so well. We don't. God does. He knows what we like as our pure selves. We may know what our corrupted flesh has enjoyed, but God knows what's going to make our spirit sing. He knows what's going to make the real us come alive. And he's looking for every opportunity to get it to us. That's what he's wanting. So that whole, uh, I don't like this, says who? The flesh? The flesh isn't even the real us. Yeah. Why would I listen to that? It doesn't know me. Yeah. I stopped being my flesh. Yeah. yeah. Put that in the comments. I stopped being my flesh. We stopped. We were made a new creation in Christ. Yes. We're not our flesh. Yes. We stopped being it. Yes. The part of my flesh that used to be scared of other people's opinion, I stopped being that when I accepted Jesus. That yeah. part died. It isn't me anymore. We're not our flesh. Yeah, most people are really not very socially aware or aware of themselves, I should say. Like like anybody, if you take a personality test, even just a, a even a natural thing, take a personality test, take it with someone who knows you really well and who also loves you. It's not like a judgmental person. <laughs> someone who loves you and knows you really well. Yeah. Like, it is so likely you're going to come up to something and be like, oh, yeah, this is a trait of mine. And someone who loves you is going to be like, no, it's not. That's not you, actually. I am so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I, yeah, like I, I literally when I we took personality tests a few years ago, I took the I I typed myself as the completely wrong one. I was like, this is the one that I am, and everyone was like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, that's not. I we don't even know ourselves without the Holy Spirit's help. Yeah. Like, so how are we going to know what we like, where we want to be, like? What business do we have picking our own destiny and where mm-hmm. we should be? We don't even know what we want for dinner. Like, how many times have I gone to a restaurant, picked a meal, and been like, dang it, I should have gotten the other thing because I don't even want that. Many. Like, I've been with we, you. We, I was literally thinking, the other day I bought something. I had to make a decision. I bought something. And then I've thought of it so many times, regretting not buying something else. Did you buy yogurt? No, no, no. <laughs> but like I've, that's happened so many times. So, what business yeah. do we have giving our flesh a say in in where our calling yeah. is going to be? Yeah. If we're going to be consistent, if oh, you know what, my flesh just doesn't think joy is a good idea. Mm-hmm. It just really it doesn't think casting my cares on the Lord is a good idea. Yeah. Well. Our flesh doesn't even know what we want for lunch. I'm just not feeling this anymore. Well, what's provoking that? Like, are things rough at home right now? Are you unhappy with the message pastor just preached and actually that thought is coming from offense? Yeah. Or is it coming from the spirit? Yeah. Like, what's provoking the feeling? So just because a feeling's there doesn't mean we listen to it. Get to the root of it. Yeah. Find out what is motivating us. I just, I know I should do this. I just, I don't think it's the right time. Why? What's the Why? Taking that time to do due diligence and let the Holy Spirit take inventory of us and show us actually you're wanting to stay home tonight because you're feeling emotionally low. Like you have, I haven't been, and this has been me. I'm a very social person. So when I am like, I I just, I don't want to do X, Y, Z. That's typically not always, but that has been like a marker of George to kind of pause and around and be like, why? Yeah. Like, why don't you want to go to this? And most of the time, my spiritual tank has been low. I haven't filled it up properly. I'm tired. I am hungry. I'm feeling sad. X, Y, Z. It's not the real me who's saying it. So taking that time to analyze Mm -hmm. by Holy Spirit, not by logic, but with Holy Spirit will help us to see what's, what is actually speaking in this? Because most of the time that stuff isn't the real us. We're not our flesh. We're not our soul. We are to control our soul, to submit it to the spirit. We're to do the same with our flesh as well. Yeah. And shining light on it helps so much. If you are a private person, stop. (laughs) If that is your identity right now, I'm just a really private person. I don't talk to people about things. Don't do that. If you'd like to know if that's you, if you have the ability to be commenting and you're not, um, and you're just watching instead, <laughs> could be you, William. I mean, maybe I'm you're like, you're here now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe you're you. working and you can't. You can only listen. That's yeah, fine. No, no. I'm that's saying fine. like you're the person who, while all of the fun stuff is happening on family chat, instead of putting yourself in the mix, it's, I don't want to. Yeah. They're not going to. They're not going to think I'm funny. They're not going to like my comment. They're yeah, they're going to ignore me. They're going to ignore me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're gonna, they always ignore me all the time. They like each other better. Like, thankfully, Johnny doesn't think that because we accidentally ignore his first comment on the broadcast all the time. because he's so faithful. <laughs> it's because he's the first one and then it disappears. 
thankfully. It's okay. Johnny he, he, doesn't say hi to me during prayer, so it's fine. Whatever, Johnny. <laughs> oh, okay. Shots fired. Shots fired. I love you. I forgot what I was talking about. No. What was I talking about? Boom. I mean, mean, truly, just being fearful of people. Like, it goes back to people again. That fear of people aren't going to like me. People aren't going to want to hear what I have to say. Oh, being private. That was what it was. Being private. It helps so much when you just shine a light on something. If you're dealing with something, going through something, shine a light on it. That's what you did. You You shone shined shined you shined a light on you it. shone did a light you, you, you sh- yes you did that on the the light it really helped so much though because when you enter into humility there's grace given yeah. and honestly i had the same very similar temptation come up this week and what really helped me so much was reaching out i reached out to pastor yeah. nicole and i actually i had to reach out twice two different days <laughs> it was it wasn't done in one day <laughs> I, I needed it two happens. days <laughs> but I, every time I reached out um, that light was shined on it and that grace was given and it helped me so much had I done it tried to do it by myself it wouldn't have worked very well yeah so um, find if you don't have one find a, a life group leader find someone who you can trust and show those though in humility show them the weak parts of you the things that um you've been hiding because this is the thing we're all growing we're doing a boomerang is doing so well if you're a partner maybe you're not a part of boomerang you're growing but we all have moments where we still need to be humble enough to to admit you know what my flesh had a moment and i need i need grace Mm -hmm. amen you're smiling (laughs) it's because i read abby's comment and then i was going to make a sassy joke about it and then i chose not to that, that, that's, see, that's the progression. I can see it on your face. I saw like a smile, like that. I mean, I know that sounds normal, but the way that you're smiling was like, there's something there. I didn't even know what joke was like about to form, but it started to bubble up. I'm like, no, no, put that yeah. part of me down, <laughs> crucifying my personality. Um, so, uh, Greg says, get shown did it on. You're yes, exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought. I, okay, I need to be done. <laughs> You can be all that God's called you to be. It's just a matter of saying yes to him. Amen. So today, let this be a broadcast that encourages you. It encourages all of us, leads us to that place of saying yes to him more and more and more. And if you'll hang around after we pray, I want to share something real fast. Not long, like literally three minutes. Um, But Lord, in the name of Jesus, for every person watching right now, I ask, Lord, that you take this word, this family atmosphere that we have been in today. I ask that you take this word and you just let it be so planted in our hearts. Let it be rooted and grounded inside of each of us. Let us say yes to you more and more and more quickly than we've ever said yes to you before. Let any fear of missing out or any fear of lack or fear that's kept us from trusting you with our whole hearts. Let that be broken today in the name of Jesus. And as we say yes to you, God, I thank you that you're going to prove yourself more and more and more faithful. Not that you increase in your faithfulness, but we're going to see it more and more and more and more because we're coming to expect it. 
So, Father, thank you that today our expectation is on your goodness, is on your faithfulness, is on you being a good and mighty God. We trust you today. And I thank you that the people watching this broadcast will not be those who are plucked off early. They'll be those who are mighty oak trees planted by the rivers of living water. And I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One thing, as we're wrapping up, it's a little different, but the Lord brought it up to me a little bit ago. And honestly, I opened my mouth and he said it right before we prayed. So I guess I'm saying it now. I wasn't going to. But Marky was talking about how, um, you know, <clears throat> a few minutes ago, she had made a comment of maybe you're someone who's testing the waters and you are trying to determine whether or not you're going to make this decision. The people who are watching right now and you're watching this part of the broadcast, you are the hungry. You've clearly made that choice that you are hungry and you've removed options and you're striving to be all in. That's phenomenal. What I want to charge every person who's still watching with is the mandate that God has given us to pray for the body. So for those people who are still making that decision to be all in and are testing out the waters, what they need need is they need men and women of God who will pick up the mantle of prayer and cover the saints as they're getting more grounded in the things of God. The body of Christ needs the elders, the ones who are older in the things of God, more experienced, have more wisdom, have done this longer. They need us to be people of prayer that will cover them when they don't know how to cover themselves. These babies in the faith, I'm not saying that dismissively, these young people coming in, no matter their physical age, young spiritually, just starting out, just getting started. They need us to pray and ask, Lord, give them strength, give them resolve, come alongside them, God. Guard them, be their rear guard, encamp them, let their eyes see, let them be enlightened with understanding, give them wisdom, give them strength. They need us to be the disciple makers. They need us to pray. They need us to disciple them. They need the love of God. They need us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So while, yes, we are to work on ourselves first, those people Marky was talking about, the Holy Spirit said it to me when she was talking. That's why prayer is vital. That's why coming alongside them in the Spirit is vital. Because, Like the Lord showed me a few years ago when I was praying. A small flame, if a big gust of wind will go by it, that gust of wind will knock the flame out and the fire's dead. But if you will stand mighty pillars around that small fire, yeah, those pillars will block the wind from being able to get to the fire and it'll allow the fire opportunity to grow. And until they grow to the place that the fire of God within them can begin to withstand the attacks of the enemy, the young people in the body need the elders to come alongside them and be the pillars that will help protect the precious fire of God within them. So I'm charging every person 
person today. Become people of prayer. Pray beyond your family. Pray beyond the walls of your house. Pray beyond what's been comfortable. Pray for the people who are coming in who smell. Pray for the people who look weird and different. Pray for the people who look lost and hurting. Pray for the people that grate against your flesh. Become people of prayer. I'm literally pleading with you right now. If we'll become people of prayer and we will give ourselves to it and cover this body, boomerang's going to grow exponentially. And not just boomerang, the church of God will grow if we'll become people of prayer and we will become disciple makers. They need us to do that. So that's the free nugget at the end of this. This is who we're called to be. And until they know to make that all in decision, the people need us who have made it and are walking it out to live it in the spirit for them and guard. They may never even know that we pray for them. Yeah. But our prayers will matter. Yeah. Our prayers will change them. Hannah has a testimony that she shared before where Hannah was that young flame and she tried to run away and people in this ministry loved her enough to cover her in prayer when she was gone. And when she was flirting with being here and being out and now look at her. Look at all that God's done through her because people were faithful to her. There's more than just one Hannah. There's more than just one. So if we'll be those people of prayer, it's going to change lives. Yes. Amen. And that, that came out of, that's one thing that doesn't look earthly spectacular. That's not, yep. a, that's not a spectacular looking calling to the world. To yeah. man. You may never get recognition for the prayer that you give over somebody else. Yeah. It may be if you come to 6 a.m. prayer or something, only a few people may know that you showed up. That you were there, it may not. You may not get much credit or a pat, a pat on your back, but is it worth on the earth? On the earth, but is it worth it to please God? Is it worth it to have a calling for sure. that you don't get earthly credit for, but you change someone else's destiny? Yeah. We'll get to be in heaven and watch the people who receive from those prayers. We'll get to be in the audience of heaven when they get welcomed into eternity. And God will, like, I'm sure God's going to have that moment where he turns to us and like, like a please father is like, you remember, you remember that faithfulness that I drew up in you that impacted them. We'll get to see that. I want to have those moments with God where I get to be like, I listened to you. Look at what you did. Like, I I want that. I want that for all of us. I want to be able to throw all that all those crowns, all that fruit, all that good stuff at Jesus' feet and say, I did it all for you. I want to be that all in for him. So that's today. I'm done. <clears throat> Amen. I look at God brought us to such a sweet place. I wasn't even expecting to go here. That's so God's so good. So I'm, I'm done. I'm out. You're done. Take him, Abby. Love you guys. Amen. Well, make sure if you haven't already, this was a powerful and life-changing word. So if you haven't already, please like and share this broadcast. Subscribe if you haven't. We would love to have you be a part of our family. And we also want to make it available today. You are under no compulsion to give it all. We look forward and are so blessed to be able to give this broadcast freely to you. And we also want to make it available. If the Lord's placed it on your heart to sow into this ministry, to sow into taking the gospel all across the nation, it's literally happening in just a few short weeks. And all across the world, 
then we want to make it easy for you to do so. You can go to giveww.org or you can scan this QR code right here. You can see all the ways to give, but there's no pressure to give at all. We just ask that you be obedient to the Lord. If he's placed on your heart, then do. And if not, don't. <laughs> but we want to pray a blessing over every person who is sowing over that seed because we're connecting our faith with you on that harvest. So right now, thank you, Lord, for every person sowing, sowing into you, sowing into your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for blessing them. Thank you, Lord, for the harvest that is coming from these seeds. Thank you, Lord, that the harvest is pressed down, shaken together, and running over quickly back into their hands. In Jesus' name, amen.